Forward sizzle. What do you want to talk about, sir? Those mighty Saints? Uh, Those mighty Raiders. (laughs) Let's win it for Hook. That was a good one. Hashtag, hashtag save Hook. Hashtag win it for Hook. Hashtag hook in. Hashtag clueless rep. Clueless referees. Bringing I think up. Brandon's were the best. Matisse <laughs> was the best. Do you have that up on? Do you know exactly what he said? I know what he. I know what he said. He said, "I don't think a one point six million dollar winger from the Roosters is going to help them beat the All Blacks." <laughs> That's pretty good. G'day everybody, welcome to episode 286 of Not The Footy Show. It's Warwick Nicholson in the beautiful surrounds of my car, Foxmith on his bed. I mean, for those listening to this podcast, which is our round four review, it's getting a bit risque, the old uh, show, Coxsmith. What's going on? Mate, you just, you know, just the, the late, after, late afternoon, late evening on a Sunday night, just all out of energy. You're in the car, cruising the streets. Yep. I'm laying That's back it. on the bed. Sounds like we could get some wah-wah guitar playing. Uh, what are we going to call it? The Battle of Brisbane? Ah, oh, sorry. We can't call this episode the Battle Don't of Brisbane. Don't call it that. Uh, yeah. What is going on? I mean, we've got plenty of things to happen out of this round. Canberra suck. The Dragons suck. You knew this already. Um, who knew that the Tigers sucked? That wasn't coming from anywhere. But we, we, we touched on Brisbane engaging Archibald Williams, which is an agency, to, uh, to capture the heart of Brisbane. Yeah, we get to the first Battle of Brisbane on Friday night and uh, Brisbane refused to call it the Battle of Brisbane. What? what yeah, they, what's going they're on there? Away from the, it's the battle. Backing away from the confrontation, I would have thought. Uh, oh. Just the battle. What's going on? How, how, how does this even happen? I don't know. Maybe they're taking a leaf out of Prince's. Uh, remember Prince, the, the pop star Prince? Artiste, yeah, formerly known as formerly known as who's the symbol for a while. I don't know. Uh, they're just playing ducks and drakes up there, mate. I'm not too sure why they don't embrace the Battle of Brisbane. Maybe they're, they're what they're probably trying to say is, no, they're not even our rivals. They, they can't rival yeah. us yet. That's um, just, it's a big measuring contest. But, and I'm like, you've, you've been the dominant yeah. force for however many thousands of years, it feels like. It's this team well, that doesn't yeah. even get a chance to call themselves Brisbane or Redcliffe. And wasn't that delicious hearing Cameron Smith and... Um, Paul Vorton calling Redcliffe through the entire <laughs> the entire call on well, Friday night. That was great. Well, it, it seems it seems a bit funny to me that you know Brisbane strong armed the South Queensland crushes out of the competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wanted nobody else in town. They're they're filthy that there's another team in town. You can guarantee that they don't like sharing their their home ground, which belongs to the government. Um, <laughs> oh come on! So this is our <clears throat> home. That's what the mm. podcast should be called, really, shouldn't it? Uh, and I, what I found uh, most delicious about that, the guy who made that call, or the, the player that made that statement, is he's from New South Wales. Mm. It's just delicious. Yeah. It's Tony. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the cockroach. Yeah, he's a New, New South Welshman. He's a, he's a state of origin veteran. Uh, fantastic of, of one yeah, game. Yes. Uh, look, from, I, I believe he's from Forbes, actually. Oh, Wellington or something like that. Um, in New South Wales country. The game itself, I know it's the job of, the telecast to talk it up. I get it. Uh, it. It was all right. It certainly wasn't the game of the weekend. And I've been hearing people claim this is the greatest round in Premiership history. That's. They obviously didn't watch today's oh. games. 
Jeez, there, was a, there was a couple of blowouts, really. I mean, especially the last game of the round. But uh, look, I, I, I think that I think there's been a couple of really tight games uh, or tightish games. That, you know, like the 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 South Manly game was great. Yeah, was um, game we'll cover in a minute. But uh, look, I think the Dolphins game was pretty good for the first fifty minutes, fifty or sixty minutes, and and they ran out of players. They're, they're mm. just a little bit thin on depth. Um, the Dolphins and and poor old poor, poor old Sean O'Sullivan, mate. He, he oh. you know, I mean, the poor bugger. He's he's torn his pec muscle. He's, he's going to be out yep. for ten to fourteen weeks if he comes uh, back. So. You know, he's, he, he, with that kind of injury, he could always just redo it along the the process yeah. of rehab. So, look, it's yeah. it's yeah. it's probably underscores just how valuable starting three and zero is for a team like the Dolphins, uh, because. Yeah. You know, those three wins, you can live off that for the next four to five weeks, really, in terms of your positioning on the ladder. Yeah. So hopefully their depth can, can start kicking in and, and maybe it is there. But if it's not, at least they gave us three weeks of, of glory. They gave us a, a decent game on Friday night and yeah, better signs than we thought. Better signs I don't know who they've got coming up in the next few weeks, but I, but I do know that they're going to play some strong teams very soon. And I, and I think that, um, you know... Uh, if they can get through this season winning half their games, um, I think they'll be pretty happy. And, and I would have thought that that's a great start for their, for their uh, you know, uh, inaugural year. They're off to yeah. Wollongong next weekend against the Dragons, then up to oh, Townsville to take on the Cowboys, then back to Suncorp for the Rabbitohs. Uh, then they've got Titans and Raiders. So, like, that, you know. They could win half of those. A few winnable games there. Brisbane, they yep. finish... The first month of the season undefeated. They're the only team that hasn't lost a game. They are four and zero. Reese Walsh looks like he's fit in nicely. Uh, I didn't think that performance on Friday night was great by any stretch. They still look a little bit too reliant, and it's not a bad thing to be. But when Carrigan and Haas are on the field, that is a really good football side. When he's got to rest those those two, yep. Uh, that's where your opportunities are going to be against Brisbane. And I don't know, I'm interested to see what coaches do as yeah. the season goes on because he, he, he's he been, this Kevy Walters, he's been pushing sort of 60 or 55 minutes of Payne Haas and he gives him 15 minutes and then he brings him on for the last 10. He breasted him before halftime in this match and played Carrigan longer. I don't think they're they're like runaway premiership threat, like favourites or anything like that. I know they're 4-0, but I'm not willing to say Brisbane are like, you know, the bee's knees yet. No, I, I look. I, I think they're definitely going to play top eight football at the end of the year. If they if they keep even if they keep eighty percent to where they're at now, there's going to be injuries along the way. Their, their biggest test will be when there's a couple of injuries, including you know the likes of Reynolds if he mm-hmm. goes out at all this year. It'll it'll be big shoes to fill um, because he is the 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 director, the chief of that team. You know, um, but hey, you know what? It, like you just said, they've gone four rounds. The first month of the competition, they're undefeated. Uh, they're looking strong. They're certainly defending fantastically. Uh, their their attack is is pretty good most of the time, and um, uh, they're on the top of the table. Right? And the fact is, they beat Penrith in Penrith both. at round one. They beat the Cowboys in round two. Yes, okay. Yep. And the Dragons pushed them in that game in round three, and then they've beaten the undefeated Dolphins. In round number four, just quickly, the results, if you are somehow not aware of them, go all the way to Thursday night. The Eels got off the mark with a 17-16 win over Penrith. 
you've got a podcast on that if you want to listen to it. Million, multi-million dollar Moses. Storm, 24 to 12 over the Tigers. We can't spend a lot of time on this, Cocksmith, but I'm not impressed by Melbourne. They're lucky Cam Smith, no. uh, Cameron Munster played. Uh, makes a difference yeah. hugely. The Tigers, not as bad as, I guess, the last few weeks, but still. Oh, look, they, they never looked like winning the game. I mean, yeah, they never looked like winning the game. I, I, look, I, I was watching I was watching Luke Brooks pretty closely the other night, and I, think, I sent, sent you a text earlier yeah. in the day. I, I was pretty impressed with his defence. Um, you know, he, he's he's most certainly not an organising halfback. We've discovered this ad infinitum. He, he's he's certainly not worth the money he's on. Mm. He's certainly not a a top. He's not in the top eight halfbacks in the competition. Uh, he's not really a halfback. He's kind of like a five eight. Um, but his defence was really good the other night. Uh, Brandon Wakem isn't the answer. Uh, I don't know what the <laughs> answer us, is. But... It took us about 10 minutes, not 80 minutes, to work that out this weekend. <laughs> Look, but they're, they're, I, I just hope that Tim Sheens keeps trying stuff. I think he mm. will. Um, they, they've, got to, they've got to mix it up, and, and um, it's too late to start sacking players because you can only afford so many players. So uh, maybe bring some young guys in, maybe you know, let the young guys mix with the old heads that will only benefit from for them, benefit them in the future. Um, they look like they're bound for the wooden spoon again, mate. Um, they certainly don't, you know, they, they don't give us much hope. Melbourne weren't much better. No, Melbourne they weren't. were two tries better. Um, and without Cameron Munster, anything could have happened. But mm-hmm. um, they're certainly missing Jerome Hughes and, and Big Nelson um, and, you know, the, the havoc that they can cause around the middle. Um, and I believe they've got a couple more players out there. I'd say who missed Jerome Hughes the most. On Friday night was uh, Harry Grant. Grant, yeah, Grant, he really missed the freedom the that you having having Jerome on his outside as that running threat. You've got to yeah. put your eyes to Jerome and go, okay, if he gets the ball, he might run on me, and that just leaves mm-hmm. Harry that little bit of space around your market mm-hmm. defenders. He wasn't there on the week on Friday night, and Harry yeah. barely ran the ball. It felt like Harry was just catching and passing and tackling the whole night, and that's. Mm. That's just interesting. Interesting, interesting uh, things going on there. We said that the Broncos beat the Dolphins. Cowboys over Titans. I'm worried if I'm Todd Payton. I ain't seeing oh, yeah. I ain't seeing 2022 Cowboys, that's for sure. No, you know, there's been a bit of talk in the media that they had a little, a fairly, for one of, you know, for one of a better term, an easy off-season. Um they haven't really been hammered too hard, and, and maybe they're lacking a bit of conditioning. And you know, um, as opposed to the year before in twenty twenty two, apparently leading into twenty two, they had a fairly hefty off season and, mm. and were hammered pretty hard. Uh, so look, I, I think people, are, you know, the experts are waiting for them to click. Just doesn't look like it's happening to, to me. I, I, you know, I know the drink water's out, but. Um, yeah, it doesn't look good up there. It just doesn't look as as smooth as what they'd got to the week in, week out last year. And mm. in saying that, I know this is a fence-sitting opinion, but we're four rounds in. They're two and two. Yeah. I'm not massively concerned if I'm Todd Payton, but I am looking uh, at it going, how long do I stay patient with our start playing style if it looks as disjointed as what it does? And that's the thing. There was a play. I mean, I know the Titans lost two players to injury. They lost Kieran Foran and Brimson in back to back in about five minutes. 
you know, it's hard to overcome that losing that. But there, I thought the only reason that um, well, the big play for me in the whole Cowboys game was that intercept by Val Holmes that yep. led to a try. Um, you know, that doesn't happen. And who knows? The Titans may have may have got up there. Problem with Titans remains they cannot defend the worst defense in the competition. Uh, the other game on Saturday night was the best game of the round, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, Manly yep. and South they put on a a good early season grind. It was a, it was really you know when's that team going to make a mistake and never be good enough mm. to take advantage. 13-12, Rabbitohs, Lachlan Lewis with the uh, match winner, and I really enjoyed his interview he did fo- with Fox after the game. I mean, he pretty much said, I'm on top of the world. How good was that? And it wasn't like, mm. how good am I? It was, I've just really enjoyed what I've had the opportunity to do, which is hit the uh, match-winning golden point. Love it. Yeah. More of that, yeah. please. Well, what a great moment for, for a young halfback, you know, just learning his trade. And, uh, from all reports, um, He's a really good fella too, and really humble, and just want he's all about team, which is great. And uh, you know, he he, he proved he, he, that wasn't an easy kick. He had Sean Kepi almost on him when he kicked that, and having a having a hundred and ten kilo front rower sprinting at you um, whilst trying to line up a, a, a drop kick from thirty odd meters out is it's not an easy it's not no. an easy task. And 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 well played the young guys. He did really well. Um, South, South were a little bit lucky, uh, I, I thought. I mean, when I say lucky, you make your own luck. But mm. um, there was a, a, a possible try earlier on that went went uh, south, so to speak, um, when uh, the referee Brad, pulled Brad up Parker's for an pass back inside, but wasn't back, wasn't forward. But the ref- look, it floated. It floated forward. I mean, there's been there's been internet sleuths who slowed <laughs> the footage down and seen that it was. It was par- passed on the. But if you um, do that for every thirty play, meter, every try on a, a, a breakaway, everything passes going forward. It, it was <laughs> passed thirty-two one. meters out, and it was caught thirty meters out. So it has floated two meters forward. But Brad mm. Parker is running at about eighty percent pace. Yeah, uh, he would have covered that two meters more than covered that two meters in that with that pace. So it's come out of his hands backwards uh, for sure and certain. And the referees called it up, in my opinion, wrongly. Oh, um, it's the wrong call. But you look at his angle that he's calling the decision on. I can understand why he called it was forward. Is it the wrong call? Yes. Well, but yeah. from where he was standing on the angle, and look at the replay, people. You can understand how he thought that may have gone forward. Yeah, but he's got to have. You know, he's a first grade referee, mate. He's he's got to have better awareness of where he is. Yeah, you know, how square he is to the sideline and stuff like that. But you know, do you want him making that, a that, call or do you want him wimping out and not backing his conviction? I want him backing his conviction uh, every single time. Yeah, not not really. I, I hate it when referees start popping off thinking they know everything. Um, he was wrong in that. It's not, it's not like the bucket does. And there was a couple of plays earlier on, you know, like, and some people say, oh, well, then we got it right in the end. But there was a couple of plays earlier on where Manly had a couple of forward passes, like mm. legit forward passes. And he missed those too. So he missed a couple and then got one that wasn't one. So, yes, you know, you could say that it was squared up, but, um, and maybe the, the right outcome happened, but you were wrong twice, basically, yeah. to get to the yeah. right. Yeah. Does, um, does Latrell make the tackle on Turbo? I guess is the big question because I think no. Manly fans are, are missing in the whole we were robbed argument is that Latrell had a, had a play on Tommy. He decided not to tackle yeah, him because I, the referee had already called forward pass. 
But I don't. Mm. I don't I, this way, we're about I to get to, get to a game today where there was a decision that was just insanely bad that wasn't preferred. <laughs> but yeah, like the, at least at way, least with Latrell, at least with Latrell, he had an option to maybe tackle. The Manly it. South one wasn't as bad as the one we're about to discuss. The, no, uh, the, quickly the, on South. Know, just I just want to mm. quickly now. Um, Demetrio is doing a good job this year because they're not that left edge ain't working the way it normally does. They they don't seem to have an easy avenue to points like they have had in the past, and they've kept a team that was undefeated mm. for the entire of, of twenty twenty three. So um, maybe our super coach needs to go back to some uh, honesty sessions at Macca's at eleven thirty at night. <laughs> uh, I love that banner or roast that that post. About his halftime speech. If you haven't seen it, people, check it out. Yeah, check it out. One of the greats. Uh, and Manly, He's the master. He yeah, really is. Manly, there's no issues. You lost a close one. You weren't rorted. Let's not be stupid. You still had chances at um, winning the game. And no. the fact is... There was a bad call, though. Yeah. And, and, and let's be let's be blunt for two seconds. Ilias nailed his field goal and Luttrell didn't. Luttrell had... A pretty good opportunity, and DCE and Tommy ran at him and put him off, and he missed his kick. So, well done, Lachlan Elias. You've nailed it. Uh, so, they win 13-12. Today, Warriors 3-1 and one on the season. Who would have thunk it? They beat the Bulldogs, who went back to their bad kind of footy. I was very disappointed with how they played today. Uh, they lost 16-14. Uh, Warriors, mate, we, we sort of have touched on the fact that they've been more than just a little bit competitive so far, but... Their first game back in Auckland for the season, they get the result. But how is the... it's two instances in the game we have to talk talk about? One is the unintentional strip of the ball by Kikau on Pompey. Mm-hmm. That apparently the video ref can determine he had no intent to strip the ball, even though he put his hands directly on the ball and ripped it out. But you know, video refs can tell intent. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> we get to the match winning try by Sean Johnson. And apparently the VDRF can also decide that Reed Marnie had no intent to try and tackle Sean Johnson. So the fact that Adam Fanua Blake ran him over and got in his way five minutes out from the try line, there's no issues. What's going on, mate? Because that, that... Yeah, look, the kick out one... The, the kick out one was wrong. Hmm. And the Adam Fanua Blake one was probably the worst... Um, obstruction that I've seen that's been let go. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I just don't get it. We, we, we learn that they train us into, to knowing and thinking mm. that, or knowing that if, if you get a, a, a block runner run through the line and hit a defender's inside shoulder, that's an obstruction, right? Mm-hmm. Adam Fanua Blake didn't just hit, the inside shoulder of he he ran into Reed Marnie, Marnie yep. and knocked him over. Right now, now Reed might have played it up a little bit, but it was legit. There's no way in the world that Marnie had a, had a chance to get to a try scorer. Uh, it was a it was an obstruction for your life. That, that that's the worst call that I've seen in that situation. Um, they didn't so, even review so it. So I guess. It got given. No, <laughs> no. Well, I, I, this is another one. I think. I think the. I think the referee missed it horribly. Mm, agreed. Um, agreed. Because, like I said in the text today, if the referee blows time off and says, "Hey, uh, this guy 
I'm going to call this a no try. I want it reviewed. Then I believe, you know, with that kind of attention, the bunker goes, oh, yeah, okay. That's got all the ingredients of obstruction. But because he awarded the try and the the bunker has a quick look at it and says, yeah, no, no worries. They got it. They got it terribly wrong, and the referee got it wrong for sending it up as a try. Um, so, you know, ultimately, I don't think it would have helped the Bulldogs all that much because they were they were back in the Bulldogs for twenty twenty two a little bit <laughs> today. They were bad, today. Um, but still, but still, but I just don't like things. Again, this is where like the that. intent thing comes out: is that they're basically saying that Reed Marnie had no play on Sean Johnson. Regardless of whether Sorry. Fanua Blake's there or not, that's what they're saying. He he may not have stopped Sean Johnson. Yeah, he might have, but but your mate Brandy Alexander said something pretty pretty on Sorry, point in, in the yeah. pretty on point in the post match uh, mm. discussion. Who says he couldn't have whacked the ball out of his hands? Correct. He would have got to him. He he wasn't five meters away. He's about two meters away. Yep, he had a play on him. He, he, he would have got. To, he would have touched him. him. I'll guarantee he would have touched him. So who's to say he couldn't have knocked the ball out? Look, all in all, it wasn't a try. Uh, The books tell us it's it's not a try. Uh, But my head says that, um, sorry, it was a try. The books tell us that. Um, But my head says it shouldn't have been a try. It should have been been, um, reviewed. So there's two instances this year so far on tries themselves where the video ref has decided that he can... Um, interpret completely and utterly the intent of a player. One was when Matt Tomoko didn't go for the ball on Tim Gilbert, Tim Gilbert, Tom Gilbert, um, when he pushed him out of the way. It's apparently, you can push a guy out of the way as long as he's not going for the ball. That's fine. So their intent was that, that Tomoko had no reason to play the ball. And now they've determined that Reed Marnie had no intent to try and tackle Sean Johnson. So we're on fire with our video refereeing, but well done, uh, Warriors. Uh, uh, I, one. I'd, I just hate the. I, I hate the language and like, like they, they all they have to do rather than say, uh, you know, um, such and such intended to do this, is just change the language a bit. I, I don't believe he intended to do this, or I believe he intended, because that's completely different to knowing what the intent was. You, yeah. you don't, you know, and I know that sounds pedantic and nitpicky, and but the language is horrible when they say it. You know, oh, you know. Billy Armey kick our intended or did, or not, did not intend. intend to, yeah. You you don't know what he intended to do. He might have been yeah. thinking about having McDonald's. He may I would have, have thought putting your hands on the ball might give some indication that maybe he did it. And that's the that's the thing that baffles your mind is that you just go, so you can't, and I'll go, I'll go back to this as an example. We can't determine intent when someone gets slapped in the head. Oh, it's an accident, please. But we can pull it up when, mm. when someone's pulling out on the ball or not. Um, speaking of intent, Canberra and attack. <laughs> None whatsoever. We were woeful today against the Knights. Congratulations, Newcastle. That's a good victory. But yeah, wow. a good, good victory. Gee, Canberra were wasteful. Uh, it wasn't because Fogarty wasn't there. Our game plan went back to Ricky's tried and true. Let's grind them into the dirt. And you know, sometimes other teams might actually play some football. And look how look how Newcastle scored their tries today versus Canberra. That's all I'll say. You watch the game. Um, the difference. Absolutely, absolutely, and and look, they're, they're they're you know they're getting led around pretty well by Jackson Hastings. I think the Tigers might be looking at that going. Well, we missed one. Meanwhile, uh, David Clemmer's putting up Dally and worthy stats, but we're not noticing him on the yeah. field whatsoever. 
congratulations, Newcastle. And then tonight, this is the game I haven't haven't seen a minute of. Uh, Sharky's forty. No, Dragons eight at mm. Cogra. Um, mm. How much of a nail, I guess, is the question I'll ask you because it follows on from our Thursday night pod. How much of a nail is this in the uh, Griffin coffin? Was it that bad a performance that the scoreline suggests yeah. or what? Well, it certainly doesn't help him. <laughs> it certainly doesn't help when you lose the, uh, you know, the, the, the local battle uh, with, your, with your main rivals um, or the local derby. Yeah. Uh, it probably wasn't as bad, bad, especially the first half. The first okay. half was pretty good by Saints. Um, but, you know, they ran away with it in the end. I mean, Nico Hines, Nico Hines was back tonight and he play? um, play, played really well. Played okay. really well, mate. It, to, to the point where, dare I say this, you know, he he may find himself in a Blues number six jersey. Um, I'd be fine with that. Because I don't, cause I don't think I don't think I'll make... Luai's doing much at the moment, and uh, Nathan Cleary certainly is. But I don't want to jump the gun. But Hines, if he's fit, you know he'll certainly be in the fourteen at least. I would mm-hmm. have thought um, he can kind of play anywhere. But geez, he, he looked he looked he looked really sharp. He looked looked like he controlled the pace of the game. Matt Moylan was pretty good tonight too. Um, but Saints just got Saints just got worn away, mate, and okay. ground. Into the into the dirt, just like Ricky's trying to do to everyone. But <laughs> did um did Cronulla use their edges better with Hines in there? Because that's what I think is his biggest impact. He's yeah, in, he, he makes those, yeah, he those went, two edges sing. Yeah, he went to the edges, and and he he doesn't so much just link with an edge player. He he runs to the edge mm. and, and you know creates space and stuff like that. So um, no, he was very good. He was very good tonight. Saints were just. Saints were just ordinary, Saints. mate. Um, Ty- Tyrell Sloan tried hard, okay, um, and looked dangerous, you know, um, for the most part. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even going to single players out because it was just in the end, it was, it was a blowout score. Um, Saints just looked like they were trying to play the same game that they probably played against the Titans, and it mm-hmm. just, just didn't, didn't work out for them. Inspiring stuff, inspiring stuff. Uh, the ladder after four rounds, Broncos four and zero on eight points. Then you got Manly, the Dolphins, Warriors on six, uh, Sharks, Panthers, Rabbitohs, Roosters make up the top eight. They're all on four, and then outside the eight, also on four, is the Storm, Bulldogs, Titans, Knights, Cowboys, and Dragons. It's two teams with one victory: Parramatta and Canberra. Go the Raiders, and then the poor old Tigers are uh, sitting in seventeenth spot. The first time there's been a 17th spot since, what, 98, 99? <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, so at least it's not 16th. Mm-hmm. Let's look at it that way. Uh, we've got round five coming up, but there is a story we need to cover off. We sort of referred to it leading into la- at the end of last round. Joseph Suwali'i, there's no surprises, Cocksmith. He's gone where the money is. Big money signing for the uh, Australian Rugby Union for 2024. I think it is leading into the World Cup that's in Australia. Yeah. What do you want to start with? A bit of um, cheese uh, backhander to your teammate that you're going to be playing with the next 18 months or PVL's yeah. uh, comment well, about rugby? Which one do you want to start with? Well, I, look, I think cheese's one is the funniest, mate. I mean, I'll start you with know, he, he, he gives a great interview, doesn't he? He's really good. Uh, he says stuff that only people sometimes people only think, you know, and and, and I think I think he's pretty spot on. 
You know, mm. like they're 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 spending a fair slice of money on on an outside back. Um, and his quote today, I mean, you might have had a recording of it, but you know, he said he said that one point six million dollars is a lot of money to spend on a Roosters winger, and that's not going to make you beat the. Uh, it's not going to help you beat the All Blacks. All Blacks. Um, which is true. Which is pretty true. I mean, Suwali's yeah. not going to be that player that changes games and changes. You know, when you're getting thumped by the All Blacks. Uh, and what did PVL say, mate? What was his quote? Well, I thought, you know, you, we know I call him part-time Villandis, and the man has just absolutely walked into it for me. Uh, this is him to the Herald. It's hard to blame Joseph for going to rugby and considering it as his future when he's going to be paid twice the money for doing half the work. (laughs) Is he talking about himself or is he talking about Sawali? Oh, I don't know, mate. (laughs) That's one of the best. He goes, in rugby, they play around 33 minutes per match, but in league, the ball is in play for 57 minutes. So it'll be a lot easier to earn your money. Besides, I really think that after Joseph plays rugby for a little while, he will get terribly bored and return to rugby league. Uh, that's what the majority of players who switch codes do. I uh, hadn't heard for PVL for a couple of weeks, so there must have been some racing somewhere in South Wales. So that's good. Uh, he's back, popping his head up and uh, making a fool of himself once again. Uh, it doesn't I, like. <laughs> I, I, I hope, I hope that PVL. You know, like I think he's done some good things for the game. Agreed. He's I certainly, I certainly hope he's not getting on the phone to ring players to try and talk him out of going to rugby union because if that's his opening line. If he rang yeah. you, oh, would yeah. you just you apply? We just go. Who is this? It's no, really- I'd, I'd listen to him. And if he's if his first line is, "Hey, mate, I don't blame you. You're going to get paid twice the money for half the work." That certainly doesn't make me want to change my mind. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, mate. You just really you know cemented my idea into my head now. Twice uh, the money for half the work. We don't begrudge Suley going for it. I mean, clear as day, the, the kids made financial decisions since he was like fifteen. He was yep. playing rugby, then he decided to play with the Bunnies, got a nice little chunk of coin out of them, and then said, well, you're not paying me enough, so I'm going to go to the Roosters. Goes to the Roosters, gets a new contract, then gets the chance to opt out of it, goes to rugby. Will be back in rugby league? Who knows? But what I find interesting in this is that the writing has obviously been on the wall for a little while there because there's no reason. I-, I don't think that the Roosters jump on re-signing Teddy as soon as they did if they didn't know he was already off to Union. I reckon that that brought forward the Teddy re-signing, that they knew he was gone. Well, I, I don't know why they wouldn't have just said it. Why wouldn't have the Roosters said it? when they? It, it, I don't think they knew. I honestly don't think they knew. I think they might have had a feeling. Yeah, well, why wouldn't they just say it? It's not, it, you know, they're, they're allowed to burst people's balloon. He's still there for we 18 months, We re-signed Teddy though, because remember. Joseph's off to rugby. He's, he's still there for 18 so months. That's, it's a is, bit he of though, is he? Is he, though? <laughs> it's a bit of a backhand to your captain if you basically say that. Oh, the only reason we're re-signing the old bloke is because the young bloke's not sticking around. You're not going to say that. Uh, not really. I, I, I think I think, the, I think you could say, look, we've, we've, you know, we've looked at what's, what's happening for the next year or two and, and you know, Teddy is, is our captain and he, he's got a couple of years, a couple of very good years left in him and we want to make the most of that, so we've re-signed him and... Uh, you know, our other option at fullback, um, Joseph Suli, he's, he's off to rugby union. The journos would fall over if they said that, but I think they could say it. But but who knows, mate, who knows with Joseph? Like, I I, I don't know the kid, you know, but he certainly, mm-hmm. like you say, he certainly made business decisions 
since before he even came into the NRL. Um, he he, I, some some say that he got around about three hundred thousand dollars out of South for a couple of years in the in the lesser in the um, yep. ranks, and then uh, just before he was going to jump into NRL, he's jumped out of their their ranks. I'd love to know who paid for his king's schooling, mm. Mm. because generally, generally, it'd be either rugby union or, you know, maybe his parents did. I'm not too sure, but um, generally, if you've got a really good athlete, some club or some organisation will pay for their schooling. And the king's school, I think, is around about seventy or eighty thousand dollars a year. A lot of money. Not, not, cheap, um, not cheap. So some someone, someone, namely Souths or Rugby Australia has paid for that schooling, uh, so uh, or at least contributed to it rather heavily. I would have thought. Um, so he's always made business decisions, and good on him. You know, yep. like this is his business. His business is sport. He's very yep. good at it. Hundred um, percent. I, I don't begrudge him for trotting off and and uh, getting one point six or whatever it is per year to play rugby. Um, if that's his go, then then fair enough. But I guess what leaves a little bit of a bad taste. You know, according to Buzz, anyway, Buzz Rothfield in the paper tomorrow. Yep. I've, I've read an early um, release of that. Is that apparently the Roosters aren't happy with with Joseph's manager, um, and this isn't the first time that manager's gotten under the skin of clubs. Mm. If you remember, you cast your mind back to uh, the Tigers with the Big Four uh, were coming off contract at the same time, which you know, which was uh, Mitchell Moses, his his uh, nephew. Um, it was Tedesco who went to the Roosters, Aaron Woods who trotted off somewhere else, and Luke Brooks who yep. the Tigers kept. Well played. Um, <laughs> now they 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 were all under the guidance of of Mr. Moses, mm. and uh, they all came off contract at the same time, which you know, to, uh, colloquial terms, is is basically a, a player manager's wet dream to have four players come off contract at the same time is what you live for. Yep. Because, especially when it's four of the biggest players at the club, and now I'm not sure what the Roosters don't like about um, this deal, but I suspect it might have something to do with him not being all that communicative on who he was talking to mm. uh, with Joseph's career in mind. So uh, we might hear some more about that. We may not hear any more of it whatsoever. But apparently, that's the buzz, according to Buzz. Interesting. Final point as we wrap up the show. Uh-huh. Would you believe, Cocksmith, that uh, Junior Paulo got a grade two careless high tackle and Mitch Kenny got a grade one? They're not the same tackle, yet both sat down for 10 minutes in the sin bin. <laughs> Who knew that could happen? Uh, actually, the judiciary has been throwing out some suspensions disgrace. lately. Absolute, <laughs> absolute disgrace, That, as we spoke about. Yeah. Just a, uh, a massive get square on the referee's part. Uh, or the bunkers part, I don't know who made that call. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. He, he he deserved a penalty. He didn't deserve to, to go to the bin. Like I said the other night, the bin didn't really affect all that much. The pen, penalty certainly did, though. So, yeah. well, let's sleep. Funny how it works. Uh, that's been episode 286, not the footy show. It's been Rob Cox. I've been Warren Nicholson. You probably heard the cars go past for the last half an hour. Hopefully it sounds all right. And uh, we will reconvene maybe during the week if there's any other news that, that drops uh, that's pertinent to rugby league. It's been a pleasure, Cocksmith. Absolutely, mate. You should uh, trot off, otherwise someone will be calling the cops about some, yeah, some weird some red and blue lights coming up behind on. me right now, so I better go. Uh, we'll speak to you <laughs> next time on the footy show. Take us out, mate.
Take it easy, mate. Pepsi. We are one different. Yep. What do you got? Canberra aren't making the finals this year. Oh, stop it. I'm hanging up. I've got to go, mate. The bars <laughs> are calling me. The honky tonks are playing my tune. What What are you talking about? Not the show. Show? You've been sleeping over there. Pepsi. <laughs>